We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we still need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they're talking about and that you'll do your own research on the topics talked about in this podcast. The hosts of this podcast are not liable for any physical or emotional issues that might occur directly or indirectly as a result of listening to this podcast. This is a Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. Hi there and welcome to the Fit Mess. My name is Jeremy and his name is Zach. What's up, everyone? And we're going to start this show a little differently than we normally do because the topic we'll be discussing is one that we're not even completely sold on. It's one that uh, there's a lot of debate about, uh, and some of it we were just having before we hit record on this show. Uh, we're going to be talking about CBD, that is the uh, the portion of marijuana that uh, theoretically does not get you high. And it, uh, according to many, many experts, one of which you'll hear from later in this show, it has healing effects for everything from sore knees to depression, anxiety to cancer. And so we'll get into into how all of that works when we talk to an expert in just a little bit. But Zach and I were just debating the use of CBD for a variety of treatments. Uh, you you seem okay. Uh, you seem more okay, Zach, with some than others. Where where are you okay with using CBD? So I've in the research that I've done, I mean, it, there's there's a whole list of things that it, it can help with. Anxiety, depression, pain management, cancer, uh, schizophrenia. Um, I tend to lean more towards the, the healing of physical ailments like uh, muscle soreness and uh, joint issues, things like that. So where I struggle with it, though, is is the impact that it has on on the mental side uh, around anxiety and depression. While, you know, there's a lot of research around, out there on uh, that it helps. And I can, you know, speak from personal experience that CBD does relieve anxiety to a certain extent. I have this this nagging doubt that, you know, dealing with mental issues like depression and anxiety with CBD is a natural form, but no different than, you know, taking an antidepressant. You're not dealing with the underlying issues. You're just masking the the feelings or the sensations. That's that's where I struggle. So I don't know that I entirely disagree with you. Um, I have some experience uh, having used it for treating depression. Uh, it's been limited. My understanding is that to fully experience its effect in in treating that issue it needs to be done for a much longer period of time than i have done uh, i know in the short term i've experienced basically nothing negative to report it, it has helped me sleep you know when, when i've done it i've woken up clear-headed there's no hangover effect there's no like oh man i was so high last night kind of feeling um <laughs> it can help with perspective somehow. I've I've had experience where, you know, in times when things would be really stressful and I would have a really hard time keeping my cool or keeping my emotions in check, when I do use it, I can become more aware of that ego. I can become more aware of the of the part of me that gets angry and frustrated and short-tempered and I can squash it 
And I, you know, just by, mm-hmm. by, by seeing it, by becoming aware of it, it goes away. And, you know, the, the cooler headed me is able to step in and go, okay, what really needs to be done right now to address this? You know, the, there are any number of factors that could be playing into that. There have been times when, when I've been using it uh, in combination with reading a book, you know, some, some self-help book that's really giving me a lot of pointers or pointing me down the right path. It's just life changes, things like being on a routine and then not on a routine. Like there's just all sorts of things that can that can go into that. But I do know that in my experience, I very rarely have had any negative experience. I have also, and I think this is the thing you were mentioning earlier, I've also used it as a, like a, the topical uh, creams and stuff for pain. I've used it when I recovered from my bike accident a few years ago. There, any number of things, sore, just sore aches and pains from, from working out and stuff like that. I've definitely seen a positive result. But, you know, part of you when you're using it the whole time, especially as someone who has been sober for, you know, a year and a half, um, mm-hmm. it, it raises a lot of red flags. It raises the concern of, you know, if you're going to use something like this while you're trying to be sober, how does that, you know, how do you, how do you mix the two? How can, how can you be sober while using a drug? And you'll find in the interview, we talk about, I talk about that a little bit with, with our expert uh, opinion, who's, who's going to join us in a little bit. And he'll tell you, if you're sober and a doctor prescribes you a drug to deal with some condition, are you still sober? Like it's, it's just the same, it's the same thing. It's a medicine. If you're using it as medicine and not as an escape or as uh, Mm -hmm. something recreational, then it's not the same. You're not doing it for the sake of the high or the, you know, the euphoric effect that often comes with it. Right. I mean, it's not a whole lot different than like taking a vitamin, right? It's you're taking something that your body can use to, to work a little bit better. And, you know, we were talking before the show, it's, you're essentially biohacking for the most part because it certainly can have impacts on the body and the research that I've seen the, you know, the impacts generally seem to be positive or nothing at all. Right. Right. Um, either it does nothing for you or you've got some kind of positive experience. So I feel like I'm coming off in the beginning that I, I don't like it or I don't think it's worthy or worthwhile. And it's quite the opposite. You know, I think it's, it's worthwhile to take a look at and experiment with in, in helping you get to your ideal state. But I personally just haven't experienced a whole lot with it other than trying to deal with anxiety and in my opinion, CBD for anxiety is an escape. It's it's avoiding that that anxiety instead of dealing with it. So, you know, I've I've got a very skewed opinion in that er- arena. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and and there's a couple things to consider here. And one is using it in that way. You know, you're feeling anxious, whatever things. Are, you're having a bad day, and you think, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just take some of this to chill out. That to me, that mm-hmm. is an escape. It's like drinking a beer, right? You right. get home from the end of the day, you need to cool down, you have a beer. But that, again, that is assuming that you're using enough and using the using enough in combination uh, THC, CBD, to create a high or you know, that numbing effect that alcohol or any other recreational drug would create. So, so there's that. The other issue is something that we talked, I think it was on our last episode, we were talking to uh, BioCurious Kayla about the mind-body connection. Uh, to me, the, the further down this, this self-improvement journey I go, the more I read, the more that I open my mind to 
things that I used to laugh at. But the thing, <laughs> but as I now open my my mind more to other possibilities, uh, I do believe that a large part, and this is just me. I I have nothing to base this on. So this is this is not scientific. This is just my gut. It tells me that we have built society in such a way that it creates so much stress and so much chaos that is so against the way our bodies are supposed to function and the way our minds are supposed to function that that stress, I believe, can alter the way your body functions, including creating the the chemical imbalance that creates depression. It's just It's just a gut thing for me. I don't know, but I just feel like... There's so much about the way that we think and the way that we that we react to the world that our body adapts to that I think that can trigger depression. Now, it, if, if if I it, can, you know, under doctor supervision, uh, you know, through trial and error, finding the right balance of, of CBD and, and, and all that, if you can find a way to sort of uh, put a Band-Aid on some of that and then through that healing deal with what is the underlying issue of how is your life set up and how much is it contribute? How much is your environment, your job, your, you know, day to day, how much is that contributing to your depression? When you, when you have a healthier starting point from whatever um, medication you're using, I think that can only help as someone who has used antidepressants and several different forms I can tell you the difference is night and day. Uh, we, were, we were talking a little bit before about how they both have antidepressant-like qualities, the pills and, and, um, and CBD. To me, it's, it's similar to comparing you know, a, a real meat burger to you know, an impossible burger. One is, depending on your point of view, one is a natural food source, a single ingredient food source. The other is a highly processed product that your body would not otherwise uh, properly ingest. So one is going to work better with your body than the other. I think this is a similar case where antidepressants are this manufactured processed thing that your body doesn't know what to do with. And so you have to experiment more and more and try different things for, for, I don't know if it's a longer period of time, but you have to endure a lot of negative side effects until you find something that works for you. And then hopefully from that point, you can work on the underlying issues that are creating the problem. I believe that CBD is a faster track. I think that there is a, a trial and error period where you've got to get the, the balance right so that you don't experience a high. But after that, I think it's much smoother sailing. I would agree that it's definitely going to be smoother sailing because the side effects of CBD are going to be lower inflammation and less anxiety and, you know, a whole slew of, you know, physical ailments that perhaps will go away. Again, for me, I, I don't deal with depression with the exception of I deal with depression because of how bad my anxiety is. My anxiety makes me depressed. So mine is significantly different. It's not a chemical imbalance. It's a result of the smoke alarm going off nonstop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I agree that like some people do need antidepressants. I think when we talked to Johan Hari, it was, it was made a little bit more clear on as to how truly effective those pills are. And, and they're, they're not as effective as everyone seems to think they are. Whereas CBD it, it, from a chemical reaction 
standpoint, it does pretty much the same thing. So it can definitely help those who really need that help from a chemical imbalance standpoint. And there, you know, there's no side effects. So, I mean, really, what's the harm? It, <laughs> try it. That's, right. That's, that's my official stance, but obviously <laughs> right. there's, there's a disclaimer on that. Like, be careful, work with a doctor. It's, yes. Uh, and, and as you're about to find out that uh, still is very challenging, even though, uh, medically CBD and marijuana have been available in many, many States for a very long time. That doesn't mean that most doctors are on board. I found one that is, he's a very old friend. He's not very old, but he's a very old friend of mine. We go back many, many years. Uh, we got together just the other day, and uh, he works in this field. This is something that he has a lot of experience with. And he'll tell us now why you might want to add CBD to your biohacking toolbox. Uh, I'm Ajit. I am a medical doctor. And uh, although my specialty is critical care, over the past uh, about almost eight years, I've been uh, dabbling with cannabis therapy for various conditions ranging from insomnia to stage four cancer. And during the years, I've been able to, as well, really collaborating with other physicians, mainly uh, integrative oncologists, understand what the true potential of medical cannabis uh, is. Uh, they don't really teach you this in med school. Um, and for, for years, even I thought, like, what really is the medical uh, capability. What is what, what you know? What can cannabis do other than let's say stimulate appetite? Maybe act as an analgesic for pain. Over the years, uh, I've discovered it's actually more than that. In many cases, it can help cure, not just treat, but just you know really cure a lot of conditions. Um, in the world of cancer, which is what I predominantly do, I handle stage three, stage four cancer patients. If I'm lucky, I can get them in early enough that that's a that has a better success. But um, what uh, high-dose cannabis therapy can do for cancer, not all cancers, but a good portion of cancers, is this. So CBD is very popular. THC is very popular. But, uh, you know, in, in, in the world of cancer, high-dose CBD that's cannabis-derived, not the stuff you find at the drugstore hemp-derived CBD, high-dose can, uh, cannabis-derived CBD um, initiates a process called... Uh, or it, it prevents something called angiogenesis, which is the formation of new cells, specifically new cancer cells. But that can only be achieved in really high dose, really concentrated oil. Now this is this is CBD. So, CBD. so am I getting blazed out of my mind with this super concentrated CBD to treat cannabis or to treat cancer, or is it more subtle than that? It's a bit more subtle. You're not really getting high the way you would with THC. You're getting sleepy. You're getting. You're feeling a, something, but you're not high like you just had a pot brownie or something like that. Okay, it prevents the formation of new cancer cells in theory. With the and of course via practice and via collaborating with other doctors, we know what it has a greater affinity towards. Okay, high dose THC creates something called apoptosis, which is programmed cell death. Okay, of cancer cells. So CBD is preventing new cells from forming. THC is killing cells, so you want to do that all, you know, all at the same time. Again, that's at a really that you have to do together, also at a very high dose. So if I was just giving you this extremely high dose THC, when I say high dose, I'm talking like a full gram of CBD oil that's yielding at like 80% saturation of CBD, and the same thing with THC, about 70, 80% saturation, an entire gram of oil. And just to give you perspective, 
most vape pens, when you buy them, have half a gram of oil that you're vaping. And to a moderate, you know, user, that vape pen is probably going to last a month, okay? But this is something that we have to give every day. A full gram of this THC oil, a full gram of this CBD oil every single day for the first 90 days. Why first 90 days? That's kind of like the benchmark where you see if it's working, okay? So now now I'm high out of my mind. Yeah. Well, the, yes, but <laughs> y- yes, if you were to do it like all right, right then and there. But what we do is we, for and again, I'm only talking cancer. There's right. so many other, you know, different diseases I deal with. But in, in the world of cancer... We know that that THC is going to get you really high. That CBD is going to get you really relaxed. So we start them off really small. We start with like almost like a rice kernel size uh, amount of oil for CBD and THC. And then we eventually build up. We build up a tolerance. Okay. Now what's interesting is CBD counteracts a lot of THC's psychoactive effects. Okay. So like if if I had somebody come over to me and, and this is starting to become practice, you know, in some areas around the country where where cannabis is legal. Let's say you come in, you have like, oh, I just ate like 10 pot brownies. I'm high out of my mind. To help get you off that ledge and just to help kind of bring you down, we'll start administering CBD. Interesting. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like the antidote yeah. to it. You're still going to be high, but you won't be nearly as high as you were. So when you gradually bring up this dose, you start off very low dose, and then eventually you'll get to that one gram a day of each of those oils. The patient is acclimated, Okay. Uh, during that process, they actually, you know, at first it's kind of terrible. They hate it, you know, but they get used to it. It becomes very pleasurable, you know, and, and they just accept that this is what it is. It's medicine. Everything has a side effect. I have to get really high. Same thing as if you go to chemotherapy. Yeah, I lose my hair. Which side effect do you, you know, it, it, there's it, there's going to be something. So um, I would say in about, let's say, almost close to 80% of the types of cancers that we have good evidence supporting, okay, uh, we get a really good success in overall. Why am I not hearing about this more? Why is this not adopted widely if you're having that much success yeah. in in this one sample size? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like that would be pretty well known and, and becoming more common and more um, treatment centers, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. And if there's any doctors listening, they're probably going to hate me. But uh, the way oncologists make money is giving chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. That's how they make money. Okay. Um, there's also a, you know, in, in, in the States, we practice defensive medicine, meaning we want to do what is considered the gold standard, what, what it's accepted so that we don't get sued later on that we did some sort of fringe, you know, crazy radical, you know, experimental therapy without, you know, really good consent, which, you know, I do have consent forms and stuff, but, um, uh, it, uh, it's, it's, it's partly the oncologist. It's partly the drug companies. Okay. Uh, does it work for every cancer? No. You know, I've had zero success with, uh, pancreatic cancer. You know, but things like uh, there, there are these certain types of brain cancers. They're called glioblastomas, astrocytomas. Uh, certain types of colon cancer have a really high success rate with. You know, um, but there are some that just you know aren't. I I don't have much with prostate cancer. I don't really have that much with certain types of breast cancer. You know, um, but when we look at colon, brain, and a few other just random types of cancers, um, this is a nice alternative to start off before actually going down surgery or chemotherapy. And in some cases. I give it alongside chemotherapy, you know, like, hey, let's just get it on all fronts, you know, because it certainly helps mitigate the, uh, you know, a lot of the side effects from chemotherapy, you know, Uh, you know, right down to like, you know, a lot of cancer patients get when they start chemo, they don't get hungry. Well, guess what? You know, you'll get hungry if you, uh, (laughs) you know, from what I remember in earlier conversations we've had about this years ago, that was primarily how pot was used to treat cancer patients was that they weren't hungry. This got them hungry. It got them to eat and kept them strong that way. 
That's absolutely right. Uh, kept up their appetite. Uh, took off a lot of nausea. Um, there's still going to be random pains that are happening from cancer or the treatment or like surgery, you know, that took care of that better than just dousing yourself with opiates, you know? Um, so yeah, that was kind of like the early formation. But what's interesting is that the people I work with in California, the, the original people who wrote uh, what's called Prop 215, the medical uh, legislation for, for cannabis, they knew this back like in the 80s or 70s. You know, they were like, we were, we started giving high doses of this for our chemo, I mean, I'm sorry, our like, uh, like colon cancer patients just because like they're miserable, let's just keep them high, whatever, but then they started seeing a, a, a result that was beneficial. Like the, the tumor, the biggest success in cancer is if nothing gets bigger or nothing gets worse. But in some cases, not all, I don't want to advertise this the wrong way, they started seeing some resolutions, mm-hmm. which, you know, you, you sometimes don't even get with the modern chemical, you know, stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So shifting a little bit from cancer. Yeah. Um, so in my experience, I battle with depression and anxiety. It's a yeah. thing I've had my whole life. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of good things about using CBD to, to counter that. Um, I have experimented a little bit, certainly not widespread. I've tried a couple different things. Um, usually it's some sort of a liquid form that's in a vial or whatever. You take a few drops or whatever it is. Um, in my experience, I have noticed that for me, it's very similar to taking an antidepressant where I, it, it sort of puts a ceiling on emotions and it puts a floor on it and it just sort of keeps you right there in the middle. And for me, that's not the, the desired effect. Like I'm at a point in my life where I want to experience life. I want to experience the highs and the lows. And I feel that's really artificial for me and I can't live in that place because I do find that when I am pushed to feel in that state, it's frustrating because it's, it's less manageable than if I just naturally get frustrated or naturally get sad or happy or whatever. So I guess, what do you know about it in terms of treating, you know, mental health issues like this? And I guess, what advice would you have for someone who maybe has tried it and is having that same, like, I don't want to be on an antidepressant. I just want to, I want to function a little more quote normally. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of uh, patients that are on that have a coupled uh, depressive uh, situation as well as anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay, my wife is one of them. My wife, I, I mean, she has autoimmune disease as well, so I treat that, but I also treat her. So she, she's like my my best patient when when it comes to comes to that um, anxiety and depression and. She tried antidepressants, and I, I say her, but it's, this is really kind of like the, the, the same story I get from anybody that's been on antidepressants or has anxiety or just, you know, like, look, I've done these pills. I don't like the way it makes me feel because sometimes, you know, the, again, the side effects, you may not have these depressive episodes, but you're almost in this, like, numb-like state, which just prevents you. It's a different level of not enjoying life, you know? And so she tried that and was like, nope, I'd rather just feel my anxiety and whatever because at least I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. And and I don't really want that. Now, um, that was a tricky, tricky area. It, it was almost an area that I didn't want to get into. Um, I've actually gone full force into it now um, because part of what I, I've just entered the world of PTSD therapy as well, you know, which is insane. Um, but no, let's talk the depression. Let's talk the anxiety. Um, it does work, but it's the way I learned how to do it was, again, collaborating with uh, those in mental health that use um, – more of a naturopathic pathic approach versus, you know, an allopathic approach, which is let me give you therapy, but then let me also give you a bunch of pills. And in some extreme cases, that might be the only thing to do. Okay. I, I don't want to deserve, you know, serve anyone. 
Um, but in this situation, what we what we do is a high CBD. Okay, it has to be cannabis derived because hemp hemp derived just doesn't do the same thing. Um, but then also with that, it's coupled a low dose THC. So if we okay, so real quick, I'm a dummy. What's the difference between cannabis derived and hemp derived? Oh, that's a that's a big that's a okay. So hemp, industrial hemp, you can get a component which is similar, let's say structurally to CBD. Okay, but it will elicit only let's say. Uh, a quarter, maybe even less than a fraction of what cannabis-derived CBD can do, okay? So, for example, um, hemp-derived CBD can get you relaxed, okay? Maybe a very slight analgesic if you have pain, and that's really about it, okay? Whereas cannabis-derived has more potential, okay? I can go into the science of it, but let, let's just, do, layman's approach, it just has way more potential, okay. such as, okay, hemp-derived CBD, it won't do what it does in cancer, which is, you know, prevent angiogenesis, okay? Whereas cannabis-derived will, not with all cancers, but with some, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get even dumber. So I've always thought of hemp as the thing that is made from cannabis, is that not correct? Not correct. Hemp, industrial hemp is much different than cannabis. Okay, what, what's it's in the same family. It's a, it's it's definitely in the same family, but it's not. Um, it's, uh, like the, it's a different plant. It's yeah. It's it's in the same family. Okay, but it's not. It doesn't generate the same type of. Uh, there are these things called terpenes and you know cannabinoids and all sorts. Of, it just doesn't. It just doesn't do it. You know, it's in the same family. Much like how, hey, how come you don't get high if you smoke a hop? It's in the same family as cannabis. You know, but it's not. You know, um, that's the best layman's approach I can probably give. And I should probably do my own little fact checking on it too to make sure that you know I. Because I'm not a botanist, I I, I I I I only use the medicine and and see you know what what, what the outcome is right. you know, but. Uh, which we can do at a different time, uh, but it's just, it just doesn't produce what the cannabis-derived CBD yeah. will produce, okay? So what I do is I do a heavy cannabis-derived CBD, okay, which doesn't really get you high. Um, I mean, you feel an effect, but it's nowhere near that numbing effect that you would being on an antidepressant, anti-anxiety, um, and, and it feels very nice. You're, you're able to still be yourself. You're able to feel. You're able to, you know, do that, but when I administer it or when I ask the patient to administer it, they do it at night. They take an oral gel cap, okay? Right. So they go to sleep. Right. Now, it w most people think, well, then that's just good for that night. No. Over the days, there's a cumulative effect that you start to see during the daytime, okay? And that's what you want, okay? Now, during that nighttime dose, we also give a very small amount of THC as well. We we adjust that dose. You know, that, there's a reason why they call it the practice of medicine and not the certainty of medicine. You, we have to figure out what works for you. Every human being is different, you know? So what I usually do is for anxiety and depression and other types of things that just prevent, you know, like, I mean, I know you, you've been my friend like 20-something years, and I... I I would love to get you going on something like this for about a month and see if it changes your life. But what I do is we, we there's a baseline dose of CBD, which is, you know, many parts greater than THC. And then we just kind of we play with an adjustment game for over the course of a month. OK, so just for explanation, my understanding is you need some level of THC some, to activate some. the benefits of yeah, CBD. But very little. I mean, you won't even really get high. In fact, you and I have a mutual friend who is a patient of mine since February that's been doing this for sleep disorder. Mm. She's sleeping great now. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's how that's how I deal with anxiety and uh, and and depression. Is it an end all be all? Well, not all the time. Sometimes people have severe trauma. They have stuff that just it's this isn't going to be 
it's not going to be a solution. But it can help. It can certainly help. This is for your garden variety depression and anxiety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, hey, we're in Seattle, right? Seasonal affective disorder, right. that's a real thing, you know. Um, life gets in the way. There are certain things in our environment that may cause certain things. Yeah. Not everything has like a like a like a real biological, you know, etiol. You know, it, it's not. There's chemical depression, but there's a true imbalance, and that could have been something that just happened, you know, in your brain chemistry, or something outside could have affected you to affect, you know, your brain chemistry. Um, but a lot of times, I've noticed that, you know, not everyone who lives in this modern world gets what they want out of the modern world and the way they thought. There's, there's new, every day. There's new stresses, new things, and sometimes that can just create that depression. That can create the anxiety, you know, and this, I guess, sure, we can call it garden variety. It, it It's worked. You know, I have a pretty good success rate with it. Um, and those that I don't, you know, we we figure out other ways of doing it. And if we need to go to chemicals, well, there's a, there's a real foundation of why these antidepressive drugs, anti-anxiety drugs were created. Mm-hmm. It wasn't created to be mass marketed to every person alive. And that's kind of like what this world is kind of like now. It's like, hey, I'm ready to just give you a pill to fix that. Sometimes you don't need that. These drugs were created for people with really bad situations, but we saw benefit, you know, when we being our predecessors and saying, oh, why don't we just give it to anyone who, who's got like some sort of, you know, sad issue or whatever, you know, and maybe it'll do it. And I think that's created a little bit of a, a social epidemic and it's not necessarily to the benefit of Asians. Yeah. yeah, I can talk for hours on that, but yeah. Um, okay. So two more questions, really. One is, you know, I have been. I, I always I always feel weird saying I've been sober for over a year and a half because I, I don't feel like I had uh, – I don't believe I'm an alcoholic. I don't believe I had any addiction issues necessarily. Um, but I have been sober for a year and a half plus. Um, and in this circle, I see a lot of debate about whether or not using CBD or using pot in whatever way to deal with anxiety is bending the rules in terms of sobriety is you're you're basically relying basically replacing alcohol with pot even though it's you know you can split hairs over the cbd thc levels and all that so where if somebody is hearing this and thinking yeah i you know i'm still struggling i've been clean for a year whatever but i i'm i need something to help me cope whatever what do they need to know about this to either justify experimenting with it and feeling safe about it and feeling like they're not breaking their sobriety or are they breaking their sobriety? Um, to answer your question, I mean, that's, that's a good question. I don't think you are breaking your sobriety and then partly answer the second part if it's done under guided supervision, okay? Um, I can also say, like, look, alcohol affects your nervous system. Alcohol only creates bad things. I mean, it's not a health product, okay? And you've also just heard me say that I we, we help resolve certain cancers with cannabis. So, you know, one is definitely bad. There's no amount, you know. I think the only benefit alcohol can have is, that, you know, physiologically it, uh, it causes this thing called vasodilation, which can help reduce blood pressure. But we don't give people a bottle of whiskey to say, "Hey, go control your your high blood pressure." You know, so so you know, like like there's that, but there's no real benefit. Right. You will live an unhealthy life drinking alcohol, right. breaking your sobriety. Cannabis has health benefits. In fact, there's this growing trend with the success we have with cancer. What if we do a lot of you know CBD THC? Could that help hit a reset button in getting? in our older age, you know, um, better improvement with our, our organs, our brain, our nervous system. And there's growing evidence to support that. THC does get you high, okay? 
Um, but you can go through a bunch of other medications that actually have far worse effect on your body. Is that breaking sobriety? Right, right. You know? So um, uh, my advice would be it should be under someone with, a, you know, a good background. It doesn't have to be a, like, you know, I work with other doctors, but also this whole science was spawned from people who weren't doctors. You know, people who were just like saying, no, there's something to this. You got to listen to us. We don't know how it works, but, you know, right. so, you know, and I think that's probably the foundation of a lot of old school medicine. Um, but just somebody who is there to help you resolve or at least cope with what your indication is and not just say, here's a bag of weed, go have fun. Right, right. Because I deal in very specific dosages, and that's how I figure out what the sweet spot is per every patient. Uh, so then I guess the last question is just, uh, you know, somebody's hearing this, they're on board. Where do I start? Where do I go? How do I know that I'm getting the the, the right stuff and not just something that somebody grew in their backyard and is selling through the pot yeah. shop down the street? Um, that's a, another, I mean, in California, we, if there's one thing California is doing right, it's, it's, uh, it's having the certain standards and knowing what you're getting, how much of what you're getting, uh, being tested for, you know, you know, sometimes we deal with really sick people. We don't want something that has mold in it, for example. Right. So in California, we are able to get things right down to the microgram. We're able to know where it was sourced. We're able to test and all that. I don't know if other sta other states are, you know, making that law, making that a standard. Some companies have better uh, quality control than others. You know, um, I would really start with maybe somebody who maybe in the medical profession or maybe somebody, a consultant who knows what they're doing. And start from there. It's it, it really is one about dosing. It's about the person who's kind of being your Sherpa through the entire process. And then it's also the product itself. What kind of product? The quality means everything. But it sounds like that's still hard to come by. If, if, if the average per, your average person isn't, isn't going to go to their MD tomorrow and say, hey, where can I get the best stuff? That's right. And most MDs still won't. They're 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 nervous about their license they they don't want to do the right thing because these aren't gold standards yet right i mean i could easily say come to me you know like find find me in san francisco i got you okay <laughs> but you know that you know that can't happen to somebody who lives in michigan or right. whatever you know so um the internet is vast you can certainly find a doctor who deals with cannabis there's plenty of them california is loaded with them okay and usually through our network and i can easily say through the states that support medical cannabis um you know, they can give recommendations on okay. that. That's like the best way to go. Sure. I mean, if you're in California, it's a no brainer, right. you know, but in other states, cause you know, you're also, you also have to understand that despite state law, these are, it's legal. Okay. And a doctor, you know, can easily write a recommendation. It's still federally illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a challenge with that. All right. Our thanks to my good friend Ajit, who is a, a doctor who works in this field and knows a ton more about this than we do. Uh, so, so take his advice or don't, whatever, wherever your uh, you know comfort level is. It's it's a tricky situation. Again, this is something we're conflicted about. We don't have a lot of reason to tell you not to do it because there's very little possible negative side effect. Uh, unless, of course, there are laws that, uh, you know, go against such a thing. But I just think it's interesting that there seems to be so many things that you can treat with CBD that could potentially help you, could potentially change your life if, if done correctly. Uh, I, I wish I could point you to a website to go to to find a list of doctors like him that would happily, you know, help you out or treat you or whatever. Uh, if you are interested, I'm not going to publish uh, Ajit's info, but if you want to contact us, 
I can try and connect you with him and he can at least try and point you in the right direction. You know, here in Washington, I, it's all legal. You can walk into any store that is next door to any other store that is next door to any other store. There are so many of them. I think there's like 25 within, you know, a mile of my house. You can walk in anywhere I, and, and get this stuff. I do miss that. That's that's one of the big things I am not enjoying about uh, being in New York is the fact that I can't just go down the street and, and buy weed. However, the, the New York laws are changing. Uh, we CBD oil is available for sale, and I think that it's all um, hemp-derived CBD, mm-hmm. not the cannabis-derived CBD, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but purchasing marijuana in New York is still illegal, but they just decriminalized the possession of it. So, can you buy it if, online? If if somebody sells a CBD product online, can you? And and they're not in New York. Can you buy it and have it shipped to New York? That's a good question. I would imagine that people are not shipping it just for for legal reasons. No, no. You there are there are possible. There are plenty of websites that will ship, and so I wonder if that's a way to get around that law. Not you know, not that you're sitting there, Jones, and you know, to get blazed or whatever, but. I, I would. I just. I'm curious. I don't know. So maybe there's someone listening that would know how how that law works. If if it's not legal to buy it in your state, what if you're buying it from a California-based yeah. website and they ship it to to New York? I don't know. That's that's a good thing to look at. Yeah. But you know, one of the one of the thing you know we've 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 popped off like a couple of a couple of benefits of CBD. And when you brought this topic up to me, I had been talking with another friend of mine about this stuff and I, I I'm really getting interested in it and I'm diving deep into the research so I'm sitting on my desk right now I've got four books on CBD and medical marijuana and I'm I'm trying to dive deep into it but if anyone who's listening is thinking could CBD help me I just wanted to read off from one of these books you know a couple of the things that it does treat that you might not think of but um, you know, it help. It can help with with asthma, autism, Alzheimer's disease, ADHD, arthritis, autoimmune diseases, cancer, diabetes, IBS, migraines, multiple sclerosis, nausea, vomiting, obesity, Parkinson's disease, pain, PTSD, schizophrenia, skin conditions, sleep disorders. I mean, it, it's a huge list of things that. Um, there is some research for all of the stuff that CBD does help with. It's, it, it is pretty mind boggling that this one thing can help with so many things. And it's just so interesting to me how that seems to be proven over and over again uh, on any number of those things. There are tons of studies that prove that it actually does have some benefit in those ways. And what's interesting is the door that this is opening also to psychedelics for treatment, uh, particularly with things like PTSD, depression, anxiety. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's another one where no matter how much I read and no matter how much you know qualified professionals tell me this is beneficial, this can help you. Part of me still is really scared of that uh, of that idea and and wrestles with you're basically taking something that makes you hallucinate, right? Or maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe you're taking something that allows you to see something that you otherwise uh, are limited from seeing. Maybe maybe there is just a different way to to see reality, and maybe that is a way to see it. It's it's these sort of like deeper 
things that I, that I struggle with when it comes to this stuff is is how much of it is just you know I'm I'm taking this this thing and I'm slightly changing it to feel a little better for now, or am I taking it to see things as they really are in another way? It, it's I'm sure there are plenty of people going, no idiot, you're hallucinating, but are you? <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't know how you can determine one person's reality from another because my reality right now is very different from yours no matter what your perspective is like i i just i come from a different background i come from a different point of view everyone's got a different point of view and and if it's altered slightly by some chemical uh source i don't know how how different that reality is i don't know these these are some of the things i struggle with yeah it's you know somebody was mentioned to me a little while ago that you know trying alternative methods to to heal ourselves is not necessarily mainstream and we've all been fed kind of a a, a load of crap over the years as to what works and what we should avoid uh and you know some of those things that the medical professionals have told us we should avoid or that they don't work. And I would label some of them as, uh, and I use this in, in a very loving way. I would label them as woo woo. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of benefit there that really people just aren't aware of. And it, it's going to require some education and CBD I think is one of them. Well, and, and I think, you know, woo woo gets a bad name. I, you know, I laughed. Agreed. I laughed out loud at so many of the things that are part of my regular practice now. And again, it might be purely psychosomatic. It might be the fact that I think it might help me, that it's helping me. But if that's true, it still works. Mm -hmm. So why not? Um, yep. So that that ultimately is the thing for me is. You know, I, I'm not here to sell you anything. I don't have a, a you know a link to sell you a thing to get a free sample or give you 10% off. Can't do any of that for you. Sorry, you're gonna have to do your own homework on this. I do know that there are plenty of places where you can go online to buy this stuff, um, and plenty of people you can reach out to. And I can't give you any of their names. <laughs> because, Super helpful, Jeremy. Yeah, Super cause, helpful. Because I don't want to go to jail. So, uh, but if you email us, I, I might be able to point you in a, in a direction or two. I don't know. Um, we'll, so, te we'll text you through a virtual number that is out of Russia right, somewhere. An encrypted text message through some... So it can never be out. traced back to us. Yeah. Uh, okay, a sidebar. I'm looking out my window right now. There's a half-naked dude standing in the window. That's, uh, that's eerie. All right. Uh, that's beside it's the point. It's because you're smoking too much pot. <laughs> exactly. It's beside the point. Uh, I hope this has been helpful. I don't know. It hasn't convinced me one way or another, but uh, I'm I'm convinced that I'm going to keep trying things, uh, no matter how how crackpot and weird they sound because every now and then one of them works and, and uh, becomes part of my routine so uh you know what if if anything though like just just having this conversation with you it's opened me up to a bunch of additional questions that i want answers to yeah if, if anything like like how much does a bag of cocaine cost uh <laughs> that's not one of them now it is no. but yeah uh, yeah well we'll do some we'll google that too uh, all right, D don't do cocaine. That, that's just bad news bears. All right. You might want to just edit that whole part. Oh, out. it's a joke. It's fine. All <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Uh, let me let me stress this point. We don't know what we're talking about. So if you're going to pursue anything that we have just discussed, please consult a qualified physician 
and if they say no, that stuff's poison, maybe try a couple others just to make sure. But uh, just, you know, again, we don't know what we're talking about. We're just having this conversation to help you think about uh, possible things that you could do to try and, uh, and have a help, happier, healthier life. Um, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, I do want to quickly say thank you to Bravest Brewing Company for sponsoring us. If you want to try some of their non-alcoholic beer with lots of healthful benefits, uh, go to our website, click on their link, use FitMess10 as a, uh, a coupon code to get 10% off your order. Thank you to them. And also uh, Bulletproof Coffee. If you're into that, there's a link on our website. Buy stuff uh, through through that link, and you're also supporting them and supporting us. So thank you for doing that. Uh, any questions or feedback you want to give, info at thefitmess.com is the email. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can always leave us a voicemail, 206-659-7667. Thanks for being there. Thanks for listening to this nonsense. We'll be back soon with a new episode at thefitmess.com. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Statements and views expressed are not medical advice. This podcast and its hosts and producers disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information herein. Guest opinions are their own, and this podcast does not endorse, nor does it accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician. All right, let's go light it up.